Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. Welcome back to the program again today, and I am so excited that you have taken time out of your busy schedule to join us. We're going to dig around in the Word of God today like we're on a treasure hunt. And I trust that you have been watching week to week because what we do week to week is we build series most of the time. We've been in this incredible series on the Gospel of John. And boy, the more I have dug around in this, the more I have learned as I have gone through these as well. And so I am so thankful that you've joined us. Let me say very quickly, though, because we are, like I said, we're going to deal with chapter 5 of the Gospel of John this morning or today, depending on what time zone you're in, whether you're watching this. But we're going to dig around in this a little bit more and unpack it. But if you have missed any of these, because like I said, we build on stuff and you can just see a continuous flow of the Word as we build on things that should help you learn uh, where we're headed to with it. But if you've missed any of these and you'd like to go back, we really, really encourage you to go back and watch what we have done before. And everything we have aired to date is on YouTube. And you can watch it on demand. I just love technology these days because there's such a powerful way to get the gospel out. And we need your help to do it because you can take the YouTube videos, you can share them on your Facebook, or you can share uh, the audio portions with your friends. We want you to do that. We want you, if you want, if you are a pastor or a leader and you want to share some of these things in uh, your Wednesday night gatherings or your home groups, we encourage that. Uh, matter of fact, we have some schools that are asking us now for material that we could use even in their college courses. So that's going to be a possibility also as well. But it, the easiest way to do that, if you'd like to go back and do uh, watch any of this, would be to go to my website at lynnhiles.com, and that uh, information is on the screen. In the upper right-hand corner of our website, there's an icon that's a picture of a YouTube. If you click on that, it will take you directly to our page. And all of our videos, everything that we have aired to date is there archived for your enjoyment. There's like thousands of videos of me uh, preaching that maybe aren't necessarily even on my particular channel that people have put up where we preached in their churches. But we have a channel there that you can watch it for free. It costs you absolutely nothing. If you subscribe to it, we'll let you know every time we upload a new program, which we do on a weekly basis. You say, well, I don't have YouTube. Well, if you have an iPhone or you have an Android or you have any device like that, we also have the audio portions of these programs archived. And we have a podcast and an RSS feed for both of those devices. And once again, on my website, in that upper right-hand corner, there is an icon that will take you directly to those audio portions, and they are free also. You can stream them in your car while you're driving to work. And while you're there, there's a whole host of books. We have all kinds of books and audio and downloads that you can get uh, and listen to the gospel. It's so easy to get anymore. While you're there, if you'd like to become a partner, there's a place where you can give a one-time gift, or you can become a monthly partner. It's very easy to do that. Now, let me get back in the Word, because I just wanted to let, let you know that that is available to you so that you can watch it on your at your leisure. Go back and you say, well, I heard something today, and I wish I could rewind it and go back. Well, you can. So just do that at YouTube. John 5 is where we're at again today. This is our second segment on this. 
And I'm going to read the text first of all. It says, After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now I shared with you last week that this feast that was here is probably the Feast of Passover, according to a lot of scholars, especially Adam Clark's commentary. A lot of my information came from Adam Clark's commentary where they said that, that uh, it, this feast was probably the Feast of Passover. There's several reasons that I feel like it is as well. Number two, verse two says, Now there was at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. The sheep market is where they would bring these sheep for sacrifice, and they would bring them to buy or to sell their sacrifices for the temple service for the Feast of Passover. This uh, sheep market was just inside of what would have been the sheep gate. If you go back to the book of, of, of Nehemiah, he talks about the sheep gate, and you can get uh, uh, you know, maps of ancient Israel, and it will show you that this sheep gate would bring you in towards this pool of Bethesda where there was a sheep market where they would take these sheep and they would literally uh, wash them in the pool or the water that was upstream. And even as they would cut the throats of the lambs to sacrifice them, the blood of the lamb would run into the water. And legend has it that that is what would trouble the water as the blood of the lamb would run into these uh, into these uh, into this pool, it would trouble the water, and then whoever got into it would literally be healed. Now, uh, you know, one of the things. Well, let me I, let me just finish reading this. Now, come back. It said, in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool, troubled the water. And whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity, note this, for thirty-eight years. When Jesus saw him lie, knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? Don't, he didn't just say, Do you want to get healed? He said, Do you want to be made whole? And the impotent man answered him, saying, Sir, I have no man. And when the water is troubled to put me in the pool, while I am coming another step down before me, Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked. And the same day was the Sabbath. And the Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. He answered them, saying, He that had made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed, and walk. Then they asked him, What man is it that was said unto Take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed wist not who it was, for Jesus conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Now let me just come back here again and talk a little bit about the, the, the powerful imagery here. Now what we've showed you throughout this whole series on John is that John tells you the purpose of this book, and I quote this every time I teach any chapter in John so far. I believe John chapter 20 said, John wrote, wrote this, he said, These things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ Messiah, and that believing you would have life through His name. So His purpose is that you might believe. These things are written so you'll become a believer. Both Jew and Gentile, He's giving you indisputable, I believe, pictures and indisputable signs and wonders. 
and to show the fulfillment that he in fact was Christ. And we're going to connect a lot of Old Testament prophecy to this text before we're finished today. But the first thing that I want to bring to your attention is what we said last week, and that is the pool of Bethesda, the word Bethesda here means house of mercy and had five porches, which five is the number of grace. So he's trying to bring folk that are halt, that are lame, that are blind, to a pool of mercy and grace. Now remember, again, these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, and that believing you would have life through His name. He's trying to bring them into a new kind of life. Now, uh, what I want you to see again here is that it was by the sheep market, just inside the sheep gate. And as I meditated on this just a little bit, even uh, between filming sessions here, uh, my mind went back even to John 10, and we're going to probably exhaust that a little bit more when we get over there. But Jesus says in John 10, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But the sheep did not hear them. And he goes on down to say, All that ever came before me in John 10 are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. John 10, verse 9 and 10 says, uh, He says uh, to them, uh, For the thief cometh not, but for to kill and to steal and to destroy. I am come that you might have life, and that you might have it more abundantly. Now, let me just tell you that again, he's talking about here a sheep gate and the sheep market. And everything here is pointing to Jesus. When I did the series, and by the way, that's on YouTube as well, where I did the series where I talked about the seven times that Jesus says, I am, that one of the seven I am's of Jesus is found in John 10. He said, I'm the door, I'm the way. In other words, he's trying to point to Israel as a nation of people who are halt, lame, and blind, who, can't, who have lost their way, who are crippled, who are literally stuck in the wilderness, that He in fact is the door into the sheepfold, and that anybody who tries to climb up some other way is a thief and a robber. And so in other words, He's saying that if you think there's another way into the sheepfold, and in the context of John 10, the, the other way, or any other way, if you think the legalism of an old covenant religious system of performance-based self-righteous activities are the way into the sheepfold, then you are reaching for the sum of the way, and that sum of the way becomes a thief and a robber to you, and you will wander around in the wilderness and not come into your promised land called rest, because only way into this rest is through Jesus Christ. And I want to say this to you as well. The thief of John 10 is not the devil. The thief of John 10 is when you think there's some other way than through the door, and the sheep do not hear it. If you read that, read the context of it. The devil's not mentioned in John 10. He tells you the thief of John 10 is, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief, and a robber. And all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. And the thief cometh not but for to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life. I want to tell you one of the things that I believe Jesus is trying to deliver them from here, is He's trying to deliver them from the bondage of a religious system. Now if you remember in some of my former teaching, I'm going to slow down here a little bit because I've got plenty of time to teach if I need to for weeks. 
But if you remember some of my former teachings, a key thought that I have really shared with you over the last several months is in Revelation chapter 11, verse 8, where it says, And their dead bodies, talking about the two witnesses, which I believe sim symbolize the law and the prophets, Moses and Elijah. He said, Their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which is spiritually called, watch this, it's spiritually called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Now, if you read that text and you just read over it, you miss the point. Where also our Lord was crucified is in a city which is spiritually called Sodom and Egypt. Now, our Lord was not crucified in Sodom or Egypt. Our Lord was crucified in Jerusalem. So the Holy Spirit is giving us some revelation here through Revelation chapter 11. He said it's the city which is spiritually called Sodom and Egypt. So for the first time I begin to connect in my mind that the Egypt that God wants to bring us out of is not just the Egypt of the world, it was the Egypt of a religious system because Jerusalem was the centerpiece of Judaism and the Old Covenant temple and the Old Covenant, all the all things of the Old Covenant were there that ultimately would be destroyed in AD 70 so that they could not go back to the Old Covenant if they wanted to. It was a system of religion that was making slaves out of people, that was making them the halt, the lame, and the blind. They were the blind guides leading others into the same wilderness death that is pictured through the wilderness journey. In other words, the Egypt we need to be delivered from by the blood of the Lamb is the Egypt of religion and the Old Covenant, and fully begin to believe that Jesus is the Christ so that believing you could move into this new covenant and have not just a ticket to heaven, but life through His name. Ah, hallelujah. See, I'm convinced the real gospel will give you back your life. Religion will take your life. The gospel of grace will give it back to you. The, the, the law will put blinders on you. When Moses is read, there is a veil put over your face. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, it's so powerful when I see this imagery here. But here is this man is, is, is a picture, and Jesus, again, is the gate. He is the door where the sheep were <laughs> where the sheep can be brought in but in this place where Jesus is addressing these leaders and especially you see the attitude of the leaders down here who say they you, you would think they would be excited because this man got healed but all they know to do is go back to their legalism and their law and they all they can do is find fault with him because he healed this man on the sabbath day this book called unforced rhythms of grace has a whole chapter on this in it but this book on unforced rhythms of grace that you can get off of our website at any time you would like to, is uh, it's about the miracles that Jesus did on the Sabbath. And almost every miracle He does, He does it on the Sabbath because what He's showing you is He will do more from the posture of rest. And that the Sabbath day, according to Colossians chapter 1, is not just a day of the week. It is defined as rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ because Paul says, Let no man judge you in respect to meat, drink, of a new moon, of Sabbath, or of a holy day, which things are a shadow. The reality, however, is found in Christ. In other words, Jesus is our Sabbath rest. And so he's wanting to bring these people out of the bondage of a system of slavery and into a, 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 into a new covenant of sonship. Under the old covenant you're a slave, in the new covenant you're a son. In Egypt you were a slave being brought out into the wilderness, but he was wanting to bring uh, them into the promised land 
where the promised land in the new covenant is not a piece of real estate. The promised land in the new covenant is Hebrews 4. It is rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ, where you begin to recover your life. Now let me say to you again, what we showed you in the last time is that what happened was that these lambs would be brought through this sheep gate, they would cut the throats, the blood would run into the water, the water would be troubled, and whoever got in this troubled water because the blood of the lamb would trouble it, could get healed. And in this lay a great multitude of impotent folk. The real Lamb of God, though, is standing in front of this impotent man, and this impotent man is waiting on an angel to come down and trouble the water. Now, also, you could go back into uh, Hebrews, uh, and, 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 well, you know, let me just, let me just do this. Uh, I believe it is Hebrews chapter number 1. It talks about Jesus is better than angels. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 says, God, who at sundry times in divers manners, making time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by the Son, whom He hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also He made the worlds. Who being the brightness of His glory, and the express image of His person, and upholding all things by the word of His power, when He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the Majesty on high, being so, made so much better than the angels as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee again, I will be to him a father, and he will be to me a son. And he goes on to say, you know, in other words, this time the water is being troubled by something greater than an angel. This man was waiting on somebody to come and trouble the waters so that they would literally, uh, so that they, they were waiting on uh, an, uh, angels to trouble the water so that whoever got in the water could be healed. But now something greater than an angel is standing there. But if we go on also into chapter 2 of Hebrews, it says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense and reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard Him, God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders, and with divers gifts of the Holy Ghost according to His own will. In other words, He's saying, listen, I'm offering you a brand new covenant. And if they didn't escape under the Old Covenant. Now I'm going to come back and try to get to this before I'm finished t teaching all this segment, but this man was crippled, notice this, for 38 years. And I'll give you the Scripture text before I finish this series on John. But the children of Israel, after they came out of Egypt, sent spies into the Promised Land, and the spies came back and brought an evil report, stole the faith of the people. And in Deuteronomy, God said they wandered for 38 years. For 38 years they wandered around in the wilderness until they crossed over uh, uh, Kadesh Barnea. And I want you to see this. 
It's a powerful picture of Jesus coming on the scene here again and bringing them out of this time a different kind of an Egypt bondage. And they are once again about to forfeit this wonderful new covenant promise and something better than angels is on the scene and something better than woolly lambs is on the scene. The real Lamb of God is here and He's trying to say to this first century bunch of leaders and religious folks that are the halt, the lame and the blind. Remember Jesus' first message that He sent me Hallelujah. To, to the recovering of sight to the blind. He came to heal the halt, the lame, the blind, and the crippled. He came to get those who were halt and stalled in the same old covenant paradigm to get up and take up their bed, enter into a new rest is what that bed symbolized, and begin to walk out of the new covenant. Because grace is more than just saving grace, it is also empowering grace. But he's saying to them here in Hebrews, if you had this message delivered by angels and you didn't escape, uh, it, it, what are you going to do if you neglect this great salvation that's being offered to you? Because see, the book of Hebrews again is written to Hebrews. And this word Hebrews means the crossers over. And what they're doing in the book of Hebrews is crossing over out of an old covenant and into a new covenant. And so he starts to give you this incredible treatise of what's better about the new covenant than the old one. And Jesus is better than angels is what he's saying here. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? If he spoke to us the first time by an angel, but the last time he's speaking by a son. Here at the pool of Bethesda, he was waiting on the troubling of the water, but now he's speaking to them by son, whom he hath made heir of all things. And he's saying to you, if you, how are you going to escape if you neglect what's standing in front of you? You can take up your bread and you can walk and you can leave the Egyptian bondage of slavery and enter straight into your promised land called rest. Now look at this, Hebrews chapter 2 verse 3, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard it? God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to His will. Here's Jesus. If you go back and study all of these signs that I've showed you for the first five chapters of John, they are signs and wonders and divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost to show you that He in fact was the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that believing you would have life through His name. Verse 5 of Hebrews 2 says, For unto the angels hath He not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the Son of Man that you visit him? You made him a little lower than the angels, crowned him with glory and honor, and did set him over the works of your hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under His feet, for in that He put all things in subjection under Him, He left nothing that is not under Him. But now we see not yet all things put under Him. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that He by the grace of God should taste death for every man. For it became Him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he that sanctifieth and they that are sanctified are all one for which cause he is not ashamed to be called their brethren. Now I want you to see this powerful uh, thing that's happening in this pool of Bethesda. Once again we're showing you Jesus was the sheep gate. Jesus was better than the angel that troubled the water. The blood of the lamb that's now standing in front of this man who is crippled 
And this man who is crippled is a picture, a, a, a type and shadow. It is the fulfillment of the promises that God was making uh, to uh uh, to the problem, he was. He, let me see if I can find this. Also, I put it in my notes as well. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up here real quick. But I think it's in Isaiah chapter number thirty-five, where he talks about when you see these miracles take place, that you're going to know that the Messiah is now on the scene. Let me see if I can find this very quickly here. I, I've got it somewhere in my notes, and I believe it's I, I, yeah, Isaiah I, Isaiah chapter thirty-five. Let me, let me go over there and read this to you. Isaiah 35, I'm going to just take my time and, and get this for you because I think it's important that we actually document where we're quoting from sometimes. Isaiah 35, verse number 1 says, And the wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them. And the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it, and excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with a vengeance. Even God will come and recompense you. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out, and streams in the desert. And the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. And the habitation of dragons, where each lake shall be grass, and reeds, and rushes. And a highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring, and the men, and though fools shall not err there, and no lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up upon it. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs, and everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and, and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. Now this is a messianic prophecy concerning Jesus. And he tells them that when you see uh, uh, the eyes of the blind open, the lame man leap as a heart, the tongue of the dumb talk, you're going to know that it's the season where waters are about to break out. That the redeemed of the Lord are going to return and come to Zion with singing. And let me tell you this again. In, in Hebrews the 12th chapter, the 12th chapter of Hebrews says, For you did not come to blackness and darkness. You did not come to a God who says, If you touch the edge of the mountain, you'll be thrust through with the dark. That's Mount Sinai. That's the old covenant. But you are come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God. Zion in the new covenant is symbolized as the new covenant. He's saying, When you see the lame walk, and the blind see, and the tongue of the dumb loose. Look what Jesus does. He opens the eyes of the blind. He touches this lame man. He makes a dumb talk. I, I, you know, if you can't see the fulfillment of messianic prophecies here, that a river has broken out, there's a pool in the desert, a blind man, a lame man. Now we got a halt, and blind, halt, lame, and blind are laying here at this pool, and Jesus is saying to them, do you want to be made whole? What I prophesied about in Isaiah is now available to you. Do you want it? If you want to, you can be made whole of whatever disease. Now we're out of time again, so we're going to have to take another segment, come back and teach some more on this. But if you've enjoyed this and you're blessed by our ministry, we ask you to take a moment to write to us 
you can send check or money order if you'd like to sow into the ministry to the address that will come up on the screen. The easiest way to do it would be to go to our website, and there is a place there where you can give via credit card or debit card. There's also a text to give number on the screen. It makes it very easy. Uh, or you can call the number that's on the screen, and uh, someone will be standing by to take your call uh, for your offering. If you don't get an answer because there's, we have a limited staff, please just leave a message and someone will return your call. God bless you. Thank you for joining us this week. I'm very excited to announce the release of my newest book. It is titled From Law to Grace, A Kingdom Paradigm Shift. In this book, we talk about how the gospel is not about a law you have to keep. It is about receiving a life that will keep you. It is not about living this life out of fear. It is about living a life of faith. It is not about rules. It's about a relationship with a loving Father. It is about moving from the old covenant government of condemnation to the new covenant government of affirmation. It is about living life as a citizen of the kingdom right now.